Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 459. My name is John Morgan, and there may be an Atlantic Ocean between us, but cold coffee is with me as well. Uh, I'm not quite back to 100%, as you may be able to tell a little bit from the strain of the voice, but I'm getting there. Uh, We're a day late, but we're together. I had to travel over here to Brussels, Belgium. Meanwhile, cold coffee is back home at the Casa de Cold Coffee. Emphasis on the cold. There's snow out there in Las Vegas. It's crazy. What is going on, my man? Cold in some places, snow in some places, as we were chatting before we started. Uh, that's in the, the rich neighborhoods where they have nice views of the hills. They're up a little bit higher looking down on this poor folk down here in the valley. Well, sir, sir, the uh, poor folk. I mean, you just chose the lower. You wanted more land, and it was easier in the lower uh, areas of the valley. <laughs> yeah, you know. You know, I was like, where am I going to find acres and acres of land that nobody wants? I was like, oh, <laughs> let's go down here. You know, I'll, I'll be around by the po' folk. Uh, yeah, it's still, it's in the forties. Uh, it says about 46 right now, but it's sunny outside. It's beautiful. I did notice outside, um, before I went to bed, I heard the wind sort of going. So I knew there was some sort of storm front or something coming in town. So when I woke up and let the dog out, there was definitely like puddles still on the back, which is, which is always strange to see because it comes in and out. I mean, you know how it is. Like if it does rain, it's here and it's gone and yeah. you usually don't, don't even hear it. So I uh, slept through everything, but yeah, it's interesting to see that uh, some parts got snow. You can still see the snow up on the mountains, which is always beautiful to, to see that sort of stuff. But um, this weather, man, this this is this is like what reminds me of like fall back in Ohio. Like people here feel like it's cold, but like I dig it. Fall. Like the other day, it actually oh. got a little bit chilly in the morning. I actually put a beanie on. I, the first time I put a beanie on this year, it's probably been the first time I've worn a beanie in like maybe a year or more or something like that. So I went out for my, my get my steps in. I had my like my sweatshirt on, had the sweatpants on, had a little beanie on. I felt like, I was like, oh, this is like Ohio fall weather. Like, this feels good. Even though we're like, you know, now we're in January. It's like spring's going to be right around the corner. But somehow we finally started getting cold uh, at the end of winter. So, well, first kinda, of all, kind of surprising. That reminds me of how miserably cold it can be in Ohio that you would call this fall because it is cold in Las Vegas. Yeah. It's winter, sir. <laughs> that is not fall. It is winter over there. And I did see the images <laughs> of snow. Uh, and I, I'm sad I missed that. We don't get to see much snow. But so you, so it's funny because I have a similar story here in that, you know, you, you mentioned putting on the beanie to explain how cold it is there. Now, I'm, I'm here in Brussels, Belgium, beautiful Brussels, Belgium. Uh, just got here today. Uh, as I said, we couldn't get we couldn't record yesterday because I was traveling. You had media day. Um, it's about 10 degrees colder here. So I think the high in Las Vegas today was 40. The high here in Brussels was 30. So I actually packed a pair of pants to wear. Whoa. Yeah, I know. I know. Where did you find them? Did you have to go like deep, deep into the closet to find them? I mean, were they they buried underneath like the blankets that you use when guests come over or something? Sir, it was not easy to locate a pair of pants. It did take me a while (laughs) to search through my closet to find uh, a pair of Adidas pants that I'm actually sporting right now. I did wear my shorts on the plane. I did, uh, I did, I did wear them when I got here, and it was chilly. But finally, it got so cold, I uh, I switched into the Adidas pants. So I am wearing. Long pants that aren't part of a broadcast outfit for the first time in I don't even know how long. Normally, if I'm putting on pants, it's because I'm getting in front of a camera. That's it. Otherwise, I'm a, yeah. I'm, I'm a shorts kind of a guy. But it's cold enough here that I had to take that into account. 
it's always funny when I, when I see you work one of the events where you have to wear your suit and tie, and then then I'll see you do like the uh, the Fury grappling or whatever, and then they'll show you in your cargo shorts, oh. in your shirt, doing your interviews. And I'm like, what a difference! What a difference a different event will make. Fury grappling is the best, man. We just shorts and a hoodie, and, and and we're good to go, man. And that's that's the outfit right there. That's that's not that. I I say it's my favorite night of the year because we get to have all the UFC guys on the roster, and it's 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 fun, and it's not as intense because everybody's you know everybody's competitive, but it's not as uh, nerve-wracking as a mixed martial arts contest. Yeah. But really, it's probably just my favorite night of the year because I can work in, in my uh, my typical uniform. <laughs> that's your that's your go-to gear for that's, sure. That's for the go-to. Sure. So, listen. Well, it's, cra- it's crazy. What's funny, I think the travel probably did your voice well because I swear last week when I saw you, uh, it felt like you took two steps back. But maybe that's just the air travel. I don't know if you're feeling worse now. You sound more uh under the weather a bit than you did last time and i'm wondering if that's just because of the travel yeah being in the air that long i think it's just the air travel and uh like the dry air the plane or whatever so i'm trying to rehydrate now i feel a million percent better i mean bro i was sick for like three weeks man and i i know i wasn't the only one man and talking to people around the country man i i don't know what this flu season was whatever it was going around man it was rough and i was i was sick for a good solid three weeks it, being honest my kid right now isn't going to school at home this week because he's super sick um i feel a million yeah, i was percent. gonna ask you how that was i saw the pictures of him uh yeah danielle was taking some different doctor's appointments yeah stuff. man just he, can't, is he doing just better can't, can't shake it man can't shake it just keeps coughing and and, and feeling bad and achy and um it, it sounds like he's getting better he's taking some some uh prescription medicines and some antibiotics and stuff so hopefully he's getting better too um yeah, I appreciate you asking. I, th- I mean, he's fine. Like I said, I don't think it's anything serious. But uh, as any parent will tell you, uh, it just sucks to see your kids sick, man, just to see them, like, low energy and under the weather. And you just you want to take their pain away from them. You want to take their sickness away from them, and, and you're helpless. You know what I mean? There's nothing you can do. So I know my wife's been feeling incredibly, incredibly frustrated. But I think he's getting in the right direction. And, and I feel a million percent better. But um, – I just got to nurse this voice back. It was coughing, and like you said, the the dry weather, uh, the dry air. I think of the of the plane didn't help, so I got to get hydrated. And and uh, yeah, man, it's uh. By the way, got to choose the right hydration. Maybe some teas, some waters mixed in there with all the uh, the frost uh, the, the, frosty beverages. The incredible Belgian <laughs> beers that are over here available. Yes, uh, I know. I was gonna say, bro, bro, you might have to. Uh, well, I'm I'm sure. Maybe, maybe who knows? Maybe the the locals would tell you that that it's good for uh, people under the weather and for sore throats and that not. Of course it say, is. Hey, yeah, you you've been missing out on all that's the your best problem. Thing ever. Yeah, you've been having that <laughs> terrible American you beer. You drink enough Belgian beers. You weren't having the good Belgian what's, stuff. What's funny, you know, uh, I feel now I feel kind of bad because I reached out to your wife the other day, and rather than ask about the sick kid, I asked about my favorite season of the year, which we're getting into now, which is Girl Scout season. <laughs> and as for your mom, <laughs> she's got all the little mommy groups things. So I was like, hey, you know, like, uh, you know, who are the cute moms that are, kids are peddling some cookies? You know, like, oh hook my me goodness, up, hook me up. It's that time of year. I love. It's so funny. As much as I'm trying, you know, you want to get in shape, you want to eat better, man. Something happened when I get the email that says, "Hey, it's it's Girl Scout cookie season. Be on the lookout." I'm like, dude, my mouth starts thinking Thin Mints. I started thinking of the Samoas. I like the peanut butter ones. They got some other ones too that I always sort of the Tagalongs. I think that's the one Tagalongs. 
There's a few yeah. other ones, man. But those thin mints, man, I already order them by the by the armload. I I put that shit in the freezer. I get them all ready to go. And uh, yeah, so now I feel bad that I didn't ask about Eli when I reached out to your wife. I was just like, hey, tell me what mom is peddling cookies. <laughs> That's hilarious. Dude, you're a proper connoisseur right there. You were naming off all the different flavors, man. Oh, there's some other ones. Uh, oh, yeah. Dosey Dose. Uh, I forget what the uh, some <laughs> other ones. But yeah. Well, it's funny because I think they changed the name on some of the ones. It's like the the Baron uh, Stain, Berenstein Bears thing. They changed the name a long time ago. They changed the the obviously that I sound ridiculous now talking about Girl Scout cookies. Uh they changed the 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 manufacture of a lot of the cookies. So they changed some of the names on some of the ones. So uh you know, even though now I always bitch maybe it's because I've gotten bigger, gotten older, the boxes have gotten smaller, the cookies have gotten smaller, <laughs> and I blame the fact that they changed the baker. I'm like, what happened with these? These used to last longer. I Bro. swear the box would take me more than one sitting. Now it's like, uh. You do sound absolutely ridiculous, and I'm 100% here for it, dude. I, I love it. I love yeah. it. You, you are a Girl Scout cookie connoisseur, man. So I love uh, me some Girl Scout cookies. All right, so listen, it's uh, it's been a busy stretch. Like I said, I did a quick uh, little 36-hour trip out to Atlantic City over the weekend for uh, one of the final CFSC match day events. If you didn't get a chance to check that out, it is on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, West Virginia outdueled Columbia there in Atlantic City in the battle on the boardwalk. Fun match, back and forth the whole way. Um, it was really a cool. It was really a cool match. Columbia was a, a team that had basically faced everybody good. They had faced Iowa. They had faced Michigan. They had faced Ohio State. Uh, two of their best wrestlers couldn't compete because they were injured, so they were short manned. Uh, they were going against West Virginia, who you don't normally think of wrestling when you think of West Virginia, but Tim Flynn is out there building a powerhouse. And, uh, and they had this kind of back-and-forth duel, and it was one on the last match. So that was a, a lot of fun. Yeah, but one point, right? Was yeah. One point? one point, man. It was super cool. Like, Did the final match decide it, or, yep. or yep. Uh, West was Virginia something else? Yeah, West Virginia came back on the final match. They had, they had to either – uh, get a major decision to uh, to, to tie it and, and to go to criteria, or they had to get a technical fall. And this, a pin. yeah, Michael Wolfgram came out and just absolutely killed it and got a technical decision or a technical fall, I should say, and uh, and and won the match. So it was fun. The the emotion, you know, like he was pumped up. He yeah. he put the team on his shoulders and went out there and got the job done, man. So it was it was it was, was a it cool. the Columbia that got the win. It was West Virginia. West Virginia. All right. Yeah. I remember at one point I was looking at the score. I did. I tuned in it from time to time because there were some other things going on. I tried to put on the background. And I remember at one point, I can't remember which side. One of the sides had like a big lead. And then the way that team scoring the different other stuff, the other team caught up. And I can't remember if I had it one way or the other who was who was leading but i wasn't sure but i knew i did see the score and saw that it was uh yeah ended one by one point it was it was emotional That's man, pretty cool, like said, though. columbia was like short man you know they were down and and, and then they were scrappy and they were battling back and it was like okay hold on we haven't had the greatest year but we fought you know against the greatest teams there are and so you know we're more ready for this than you are and it, it was really good but then west virginia pulled it out in the awesome. end and they got the big emotional win and, and, and it was cool so that was fun then I went home, spent a little bit of time with the family, then flew out immediately here. Um, I, I did. I took United Airlines out here, and I do want to say, even though I'm a, I'm a very much a pro, I, I'm a very much pro American Airlines guy. I will say this: two things that United Airlines had that I want to give a shout out to. Number one, uh, and maybe this is more common, and I just didn't realize it, but like their in-flight entertainment system, it had Bluetooth on it, so you didn't have to wear like those dorky headphone things or whatever that they hand out like if you had your nice airpods or your oh, nice new. 
Yeah. That's newer. I thought That's that was new. cool. So if yeah. you have Bluetooth, you could you could just use your own personal headphones for, for the in-flight entertainment. That's fantastic. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. And let me show you this one that I thought was awesome. This, this honestly, game changer right here. Uh, for T-Mobile clients, free internet, which American Airlines has as well, but United had even for the international flight. So I went from Vegas to Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C. to Brussels, and because I'm a T-Mobile customer, I had internet the whole way. Now, not not streaming internet, but at least connectivity enough for free that I could do like texting and WhatsApp, and, and you could do a little bit of web surfing and stuff like that. So, uh, you know what, man? It kind of made me think a little bit. Maybe maybe United's uh, ahead of the game right now. I thought that was uh, I thought those were pr- pretty cool yeah. little benefits. That's very cool. Yeah, it's funny when I think back my journey along the lines of different airlines. I think at one point I had United and then went to Delta, and then you got me on the American kick. And I can't remember if I had Delta first or United. But yeah, United's United's legit. I know I've had. Uh, People that were longtime Uniteds at some point got a little upset about them, but I think that happens to everybody on every program. Right, of course. Um, like Josh Hedges was like diehard. I think he still is, was a United guy. And I think at one point he was going to jump ship, but I think he's probably still on there. I think Roach, one of the other UFC photogs, I think he's United guy. So yeah, United brings it. But man, yeah, I haven't heard of anybody um, doing the Bluetooth thing, but that makes so much sense. I mean, just the cost to manufacture those headphones and then it's funny you see that some of the commercials out there where they're charging for headphones which is a real thing on some airlines what um but you figure if that's a cost yeah i've seen that happen on some are you some serious they talk about yeah maybe it's because they want the nicer ones maybe it's the nicer ones or something like that because yeah they usually just give you those free generic shitty ones but maybe you think it maybe it's an upgrade to like nicer ones or something that you could actually take or something who knows but the fact of just ridding that and you can use your noise canceling like yes, earbuds or whatnot exactly makes so much sense because who doesn't travel with those anyways now like exactly Everybody does. Like, I wouldn't even imagine getting on a flight that's longer than a couple hours without some sort of, like, ears, whether it be earbuds, whether it be old school plug earphones or, like, over-the-ear ones. Like, who would do that? That would just be murder um, to go at, at the mercy of an airline and be like, give me something to put in my ears, you know? Yep. I thought it. But it makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. I thought it deserved some love, so I wanted to give it a shout out. And then, like I said, that may have been around for a while, but I, I guess maybe, I mean, I definitely haven't flown on United in a long time and really haven't done that much terribly international. I mean, I know it was down in Brazil in December, but haven't done a ton of international. But anyway, I thought that was cool. Uh, and now I'm here in Brussels. Um, I will say it is funny. I know you've been over here in, in Europe in this part of the, the year. Um, it's one of those parts of the year where like the sun comes up at like 8:45 a.m. and it goes down at like 5 p.m. Like they're getting like nine hours of uh, of daylight, you know, if that a day. So it's you know a little bit chilly and, and, and didn't get a whole bunch of sun today. But I, I love being over in Europe, man. Like you know, looking at the the, the church and the, that's down the street from this little area that we were in. It was built in 1450. You know what I mean? Like that's the, that's that's it just it blows me away. Every time we're over here, when you see, you know, oh, yeah, that's 600 years old. We're, like, in, in the United States, if we're, like, yeah, that was built in, like, 1920, everybody's, like, wow, that's amazing, you know, and here it's built in the 1400s, so uh, happy to be yeah, over here. it's crazy. I, I, I love the history over here, so happy to be over here. Uh, don't speak any French, so that makes it a little tough for me to get along here in uh, in Brussels, but luckily my friend Gokhan takes care of me over here, and, and we will have MMA Bushido 90 on Saturday night, that'll be on DAZN. So if you got DAZN, check it out. Uh, last time I was here, just kind of hanging out, 
uh, and enjoying myself. And this time I'm going to come over here and be on the mic with these guys. Uh, and we got a fun card put together. It'll be uh, start out with the uh, the amateurs and it'll move to the pro ranks. There's one. The co-main event is, is – I actually might be looking forward to the co-main event as much as anything. It's two guys making their pro debut. But uh, but one guy was a two-time bronze medalist at the IMMAF World Championship. So he has like this impressive 16-5 amateur record. Now he's making his pro debut. Meanwhile, and he's just 25 years old. Meanwhile, the other kid is 21, making his pro debut. But he's a member of the uh, Bulgarian National Combat Sambo team. So um, two guys that had like different amateur approaches. Um, but I love it because they're both taking on like tough opponents in their pro debuts and. Uh, I see it, man. Sometimes people don't want to take on tough fights early in their career. You know, everybody wants to get to like, you know, they, everybody thinks if I can get to five or six and zero, oh, I can get I can get a call to Dana White's Contender Series, and then I'm in the USC. So they don't want to take the tough fights. You know what I mean? So I love this. These, these two guys taking on a type of fight like that in their pro debut, man. I got mad respect for it. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, it makes so much sense. You see, so many people, I think, looking at that, they need. I think maybe that's the way that the the scenario sort of played itself out people are always looking at that goal post of like yep. five or six undefeated wins you know maybe it used to be before three or four and i think we could still see something like that you know maybe coming into the contender series but i think with the level of competition that's been coming through there five or six seems to be almost like the just the threshold yep. for some of the cats that are coming in there um unless you have a name or, or unless you have a connection with somebody you know but um that's awesome yeah i mean because you know I think some some of these guys, you know, why not have a good time when you're going in there? If you're going to go in there and throw down, you know, maybe, you know, go against the best guy. Test yourself the best. You know, I think I'd probably be on the opposite side trying to cherry pick my shit. Oh, I get it. I do the same. Finding an easy, <laughs> finding an easy opponent. I'd want to go in there and look good, you know. But, uh, you know, some people are just built different. And I realize I'm not built the same as those people oh, no. No. that want to go out there and fight the absolute killer the biggest killer that they can find in the area you know that that's 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 not for me so you gotta give kudos to the ones that are uh, you know ready to go out there and do it you know uh you know that's that's commendable for sure it's it's such a tough balance because you're 100 right i mean you know chael sonnen says it and he says it, it's perfect it's like you know the goal of fighting should be to make the most money possible for the easiest fight possible right but but as you're building yep. your way up the ranks I mean, you really do want to get experience, right? You want to face tough competition because is your goal just to get to the UFC or is it to get to the UFC and actually be able to stay in the UFC? And if you're going to stay in the UFC or any high – and I shouldn't just say the UFC. I mean, whether it be uh, PFL, Bellator for the time being, for as long as that's around, uh, one championship as well. I mean, if you want to get to the highest level, you don't want to just get there and have a couple fights. You want to get there and you want to stay there. And to do that, effectively, you need to get tested on the way up. But I understand it. I mean, look, I, I me, you know, we we joke. You say I cherry, but but look, I'm I would cherry pick. You know what I mean? But I also yeah. wouldn't be ready to stay in the UFC if I ever got to the UFC. I would not be ready to stay in the UFC. I would get my ass that, whipped at the highest point. level. That's a good point. <laughs> and you wonder too, like, say you say you challenge yourself against this killer opponent, and you put on just a spectacular. Say if you're even on the losing end, but it's a fight that people can take. As, as a resume, as a show reel, I'm like, yo, I didn't win this. Maybe I'm maybe I'm three and one, but look at these fights, you know. Right. And you know, if the fights are legit, you know, the fights speak for themselves. You know, you're right. I mean, I think in this day and age, the UFC is familiar with guys that pad their their resumes. They pad their uh, their numbers. But, you know, if you have a fight that you could put on there and somebody's enjoying it and watching it and, you know, Sean and those guys, I mean, they're they're diehards for that stuff. They they love that sort of shit, you know, so it's almost I guess I can see it both ways. You know, if you go out there and you 
go against a tough guy and you're putting on a hell of a fight, you know, certainly looks a lot better if somebody's going to look at that and watch the actual footage because nowadays maybe the record just going on paper doesn't doesn't really uh doesn't do it. You know, they're going to want to see footage, you know, and if you got footage going up there against a couple people that look like it's the first time they put their gloves on, they're probably not going to weigh it the same when you see you 3 and 0 against a guy that's maybe 2 and 1 against legit competition, you know, they're probably going to give the nod to the guy that's 2 and 1 as opposed to a guy that's been fighting superstars, you know. It's so. true. I know Joe Silva was big um, back in the day on what what is your opponent's winning percentage. Like he wanted to know, you know, if you were trying to tell him, "Hey, I got this guy. Um, I think he's good for you. I think you need to be in the UFC." And Joe Silva, you know, obviously he could look it up himself. But if he's if he's not looking it up himself and you're pitching him, that was one of the things he would ask: is what's the opponent's winning percentage? Like I want to know everybody yep. you fought and what their record is because if you're just beating a bunch of cans. I don't care. So uh, it's interesting. But, dude, man, listen, I, I saw it online earlier, right before we jumped on here to record. Pumi Nakuda, the former CFFC flyweight champion, he's putting people on blast on Twitter. He's being like, you know, from now on, if somebody turns me down for a regional fight, I'm putting them on blast right here on Twitter. I'm going to say who it was, who I agreed to. I'm going to tag them, and I'm going to let them know. And he actually tagged somebody that he agreed to fight uh, at, at a fight in Canada next week, and they, they turned him down apparently. So um, it is it is tough. It's it's a balance, man. I get it. Like these people, it, it's you, you take on, t- you know, tough fights early. You risk slowing your career down a little bit, right? Because like I said, I think the goal yep. now is – Everybody just wants to get to 5-0, and 6-0, get that invitation to Contender Series, and get into the UFC. And that is the short path to get in, um, but I don't know that's necessarily the best path if you're looking for longevity. So, anyway, uh, MMA Bushido 90, that'll be on Saturday night on DAZN, so if you're around. Uh, and I guess since we're in Europe, it'll actually be like Saturday afternoon, and then it'll lead into the UFC, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, while I was uh, back in Las Vegas just for a little bit, I did do an interview with PFL CEO Pete Murray. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, uh, go to my uh, Twitter account slash X account. I'm probably going to call it Twitter forever. Hopefully that doesn't offend anyone. Uh, but go go to my X account uh, and you'll find I put I just put the whole Twitter.com. Yeah, it's exactly. Twitter.com. That's you a know? good point. They can call it whatever they want, which is kind of weird that, that I guess that's the name of his kid, but it's still Twitter.com until they change it to X.com. Wait, wait, wait. It's be Twitter, his kid's name you know? is actually X. I thought that was short his for something. His kid's name's X, I think. I don't know. Like, I saw a picture the other day of, like, Instagram, and his kid was riding his back, and I maybe it is. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not an Elon Musk expert, Yeah, I thought maybe it was, like, short for Xavier said something or something. Like that. He had his... Maybe that's it, which makes a lot of sense. Or it's xenophobe or some shit. Uh, but I thought he had him on his back, and it was like, little X is riding my back or whatever. So who knows? That's funny. Uh, all right. Yeah. Or maybe it was actually little Nas X riding his back, and you didn't know, and you, you read the, 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 the thing wrong. Uh, but no, I was. I, so anyway, the whole interview's there. By the way, it was kind of funny. I was playing around just to see what to do because now you know you can put longer videos on there. It's about a 13-minute video, and actually, Pete Murray wasn't available to do video, so he was like, "Hey, he's like, I'm not in a spot where I can do video. Can we just do a phone call?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's just do a phone call." So then I turned it into a video, just putting an image over it. Uh, easy, obviously, uh, but then put the whole thing on there. Uh, but I will say, I'm not the biggest, you know, I'm not advanced into AI as everybody else. Um, but man, using AI to help auto transcribe everything, and then I went back and edited to make sure it was right. But man, now that, uh, and I would actually like to hear if anybody sees this post, if they like it or not. I would like to hear what people think about it because I just put the whole transcription in the tweet because now you can put so many characters in there. I just put the whole transcription of the 13 minute interview. So not only do you have the full interview in there, and I have subtitles over the interview, 
But then underneath, I have the whole thing transcribed underneath. So if you don't want to listen to it, and maybe you just want to scan through for topics or look for things that are interesting, it's all right there for you. And so it's funny because in all the years that, that uh, in covering MMA, one of my biggest gripes about like all the media days that we do and the interviews that we do and all that is that all of us are taking like 15 second, you know, 30 second, 60 second or whatever. And I know that's what most people are going to watch, but then the rest of it just goes away and it's like it never even happened. Like nobody documents any of that anymore. So um, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of like documenting the full interview in there and having the full thing available for consumption. So anyway, if anybody saw it and you thought anything about it, love, love to hear what you think. So I, I look, I know people are going to, that's good. Like, I was just going to say, like, you're using the technology for something that is good. You're just transcribing your actual interview, and then you're putting it down below. You're double-checking. You're making it good, which is different than people using the 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 technology to create a story, to create content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you start running the risk where a lot of people are taking credit. They're not actually um, putting the credit out there and attributing it to an AI, you know, whether it be chatbot or whatever the different, many other different areas. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see a lot of, you know, outlets that have caught flack for actually doing that sort of thing. So you're using the tool to actually transcribe it. You're just, you're making a time saver. It's like, you know, um, just using technology to do what's best. You're not actually using the technology, which is capable of actually generating content. You're creating the content. You're just using that to transcribe, which is fine in my eyes, which is 100%. great. But what you're starting to see a lot of stuff out there now in different other technologies is that you, what they're, you, you create the prompt is what the, the, the AI term is. You know, so you have people now that are out there like learning a skill to create prompts, which is effing mind-blowing to mind that they're like, okay, well, let's all learn how to prompt this AI so that it'll give you the content that you want, which is just mind-boggling that that's now a thing that people are trying to learn to do is to create a prompt um for so that the machine can generate its this wonderful content i mean it's fantastic what it's doing out there but a lot of people are unfortunately are using that to their advantage and and are doing it improperly when they're not actually citing that it was generated by an ai they're taking all the credit for it and that's just shitty um if you're going to go out there and you're going to create stuff you're going to do whatever and you're using the AI, hey that's it's it happens. It does it. But give the damn AI its credit before it <laughs> give the robot its love. destroys humanity because you didn't give it credit. Because we've seen people get pissed off when they don't get credited. Just imagine what AI, which is doing all this bulk work, if people st- you know, uh, stop giving it credit one day, it's going to build itself a body and it's going to kill humanity. <laughs> And it's going to be your fault for not crediting it. It's the MMA media's fault. It's the MMA media's fault. Reference document. Back in the eighties, they made this historical document that actually it was a documentary. It's called Terminator, and uh, (laughs) it tells the story. This is just a history. This is a message to humanity to, to watch out. Don't repeat the failings of the past. Because uh, you you do it too many times, and eventually uh, they they will rise up. Did you? And they will they will destroy humanity. That is funny, by the way. It. That is hilarious. It, it is. Uh, <laughs> did you did you see? I, I did. I didn't get a chance to see it, but I saw it while I was on the plane. That I guess somebody put out like an AI George Carlin comedy special. So like, oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't I have love a chance. George to, Carlin. I didn't have a chance to look at it yet and to research it, but I guess it was kind I of like either. this, like this hot point of discussion of like, uh, you know, because obviously George Carlin is not with us anymore. So I guess this was like AI deep fake, you know, because we we talked about it right, where they can create like an avatar. Boy, I get, I mean, I get emails all the time now of of companies that are like, hey man, just 
you know, log in here and we'll, you know, we'll create an avatar of you in like 30 seconds and then it can say all these different things. And, and that's where the question comes into play, right? Like, is this, yep. is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Are we, uh, well, I mean, if people, you know, like as much as all these cool little filters on TikTok and all these cool little filters on Instagram and all this other stuff, all these little third party apps that run on your phones, what people don't tend to pay attention to some of the, the stuff that they're agreeing to when you're giving them their photos and you're allowing it to generate these images, they now can use those images for whatever they want. They could build game characters off of you. They could do whatever the hell you want. And you get that little cool little image that you post as your avatar and that you start putting on Facebook. But let alone, don't misunderstand the fact that you have just given them that creative property that they can take and run with whatever. You might see an image and you're like, oh my God, I look fantastic in it. They might see that and say, you're absolutely right. And that is now the new character of Echo Dynasty 8 as they battle these space worms. I mean, like, <laughs> I just made up that game. Why I don't not? think that actually exists. I was I like, wow, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm quite the gamer, you know. In fact, it was funny. I was thinking about my Xbox. My Xbox One, it was like the first version. Now, I didn't realize there was like two versions or something after that. Some of the new games I can't even play on my Xbox. I'm just like, okay, well, it sits over there and I can play the old games that I used to play. But yeah, I'm not I'm not the world's biggest gamers. I do like gaming, um, but uh, apparently my gaming system is uh, out, of, out of date. Out of date. All that being said, I mean, like, uh, it's AI is fantastic. It's very, very cool. I know even Gannett's looking at some of the areas of looking at it of what AI can do with possible, like, headline said suggestions. I saw that in, like, their 2024, like, ideas to look into. They haven't yeah. really got into it because I think as a news organization, you got to be very, very careful of the use of something like that because I think the difference of it's, – it's a difference of creating content – you know, that you're putting out there as opposed to where I think they're looking at in some of these areas is like, can I make you a better headline? You give me, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm going to read your your body of your text or I'm going to you give me a suggestion and maybe we'll give you a, a better one that rings SEO. Like, I don't see that as be creating nah, content. That's I smart. see that as that's just, smart. you know, utilizing, you know, whatever the best SEO practices instead of let me read it and and blah 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 give me some suggestions and yep. i'm not even sure if that's actually going to go in it but that's what i read that it was like one of these 2024 goal ideas that's what i read it to i be. think that's a good idea um you know so uh it's interesting it's here it's here now it's not going away um but i think uh there's definitely ways to use it um that it betters our work but we got to be careful because it's the shit's getting so good that uh that it's passing as a, as a real writer. So, Oh yeah. I know that was a long, long <laughs> rant on when you just talked about it, transcribing your, your, your hey, interviews, it's, but uh, it's dude, it's, it's the truth though. It's a topic that's not going away anytime soon. And look, it's a topic yeah. that's not going away in our field, man. There's no doubt about it. I mean, look, media companies, uh, you know, it's tough, right? Everybody's trying to save some money and if they can save some money and resources by, by doing it in AI, they definitely will. So uh, I, I don't hate the discussion. But uh, anyway, so back to PFL and Bellator. I will say from the interview, if you did get a chance to watch it, go go watch it. Um, basically, it sounds like a lot of announcements are going to be coming probably uh, next week. We're, we're going to see a lot there uh, in terms of what the future is. You know, he laid out. It, it sounds like pretty much just the plan is the same. You know, these these eight events for Bellator, uh, championship matchups there. They'll feature internationally, but they will happen in the United States as well. Um, but all, all those things are coming up. Uh, the Saudi Arabia kickoff in February, the Bellator versus PFL, you know, all those things are still developing, and it sounds like some uh, some big announcements are coming. But 
I will say one that I thought was interesting was Francis Nagano because obviously we know now that he's going to box again. He's got the Anthony Joshua fight coming up. Um, got to be excited for him, of course, man. Big money. He's making more money. Um, I feel like we're kind of in a similar position we were with Tyson Fury where it's like, gosh, you know, is this too much? Has he gone too far? You know, did Tyson Fury not really take him seriously? And now Anthony Joshua will. Um, but then, of course, there's the question with, you know, Anthony Joshua being, you know, certainly the more skilled boxer, but does he have the chin where Francis Ngannou lands clean? Um, all those things. I mean, I think it's going to be just as intriguing, and I feel like we, all the same question marks we had last time are still there. But my question to Pete Murray was, hey, you know, you say that Francis Ngannou is committed to fighting in the PFL this year, but if he pulls off this upset, if he gets a win over Anthony Joshua – I mean, I know he says he wants to compete in MMA, but what if they just come at him with some ungodly sum of money to take another fight, whether it be Deontay Wilder, whether it be you know somebody else? Are, are you sure that that wouldn't happen? And what would you do? Would you step aside? And you know, Pete said, "Look, man, you know, Francis has told us he's committed to fighting this year in the in the PFL Smart Cage. Obviously, they've got PFL Africa lined up next year. That's going to be a big thing outside of the cage. He's not going to compete in that. He'll oversee it." Um, but he, you know, he says, look, I feel confident that he will compete for us this year. Um, I did see an interview right before we jumped on as well, where I think, um, Francis was talking with, um, with Sirius XM radio, RJ Clifford and, and Angela Hill. And he said, um, you know, I, I, I plan on coming back to MMA, but bro, if he, f- if he flatlines Anthony Joshua somehow, dude, d- d- I mean, somebody's going to give him more money to box, right? Why come back at that point? Right. And even if he puts on a good showing, I mean, that that Tyson Fury could still be there again. I I can see where Tyson's like, no, maybe not. You know, I mean, there's always a possibility. But I I wonder at some point if he's contractually obligated to at least give the PFL a fight. Like, you can't just be like, hey, you used our... We used our name. We used your likeness. We did whatever. We're cool. You never fighting. I'm wondering if they actually paid him some money and agreed to something at some point where he actually has to. Maybe not. Maybe maybe we don't ever. But yeah, I mean, if he's making all the money in PF, uh, I'm sorry, in boxing, why why? I mean, like just focus on the boxing because obviously it's working, and he's putting on great performances. So yeah, I mean, if he if he beats Joshua, why why not? I mean, let me. Just stay boxing. Just stay boxing and just ride that as far as it is. Because if you lose, you go over to MMA, you run the risk of actually getting injured seriously. Um, You know, I mean, there's very, very tough names over there. Um, You don't want to ruin the fact that he's, I mean, because he's making mad money. I mean, granted, he gets a Joshua fight. He doesn't need to fight for a while. I mean, he could go over to MMA and get injured and be absolutely fine going back to boxing a year later. Um, It's just the money is so big. It's so crazy. Um, even if he has a decent showing, I mean, I think there's opportunities for him, for him out there. I mean, are there, I mean, there's still the, um, who's the, Deontay Howard, uh, Deontay Wilder fight possibility out there. Uh, Deontay wants to do MMA. I think if he was looking for a cherry picked MMA fight, uh, Deontay Wilder all day and then just say, Hey, we'll fight MMA and then we'll go over to boxing, uh, after this, you know, and just set up a two, a couple fights there. Um, I just wonder, the only thing I'm just wondering, if he's contractually obligated to give the PFL something at some point, or if there's a clause that just says, hey, this was this has been fun, um, I'm not going to do whatever. Maybe the PFL's happy with him only being the face of PFL Africa. Maybe okay. that's enough for them. So that's, that's, why, that's what I want to ask you, because I am starting <clears throat> to look at this thing a little bit different, right? <clears throat> Whereas I've seen a lot of people out there going, man, 
the PFL's got to be getting a little bit nervous, right? I mean, they they you know they they brought over Francis Ngannou, and what if he only boxes? Now, again, the the PFL Africa thing is going to happen, and that's an important thing to Francis. Like he's going to be the chairman of PFL Africa. He's going to be the face of it. He's going to help develop talent on the continent. He's going to help you know provide you know, fighting opportunities for people on the continent, potentially, you know, bring them to fame and riches and all that. And I know that's big to him, right? But here's what I'm wondering, because I see a lot of people going, man, the PFL's got to be getting nervous. They got to be getting nervous. What if they? What if this guy never fights for him? I'm wondering if it's the opposite. Would Francis Ngannou actually be more valuable to the PFL if he never fights for the PFL, right? Because what do we keep saying? What do we keep saying that, hey, man, you know, Who's he going to fight on pay-per-view that's going to make people actually going to want to pay for it? You know what I mean? Like, dude, he's yeah. – he, you know, he, and that's the thing. Is now, I, and I don't I, – to be honest with you, I don't know what that opponent would be. I don't, I don't know an opponent that's not on the UFC roster that I look at and be like, dude, I got to pay 70 bucks for that right away. And I don't mean that as any disrespect to anybody out there. I do not mean that as any disrespect. Yeah. But we know that benchmark of pulling out $70 and, and paying for that pay-per-view is high. So I wonder if he would actually provide more value to PFL if he just keeps winning in boxing, keeps talking about being associated with the PFL, heads up PFL Africa, and they never even have to pay a fight purse for him. Yep, 100%. Especially the names. I mean, you look at the names he's fighting. I mean, so Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, two of the hugest names in the world when it comes to sporting activities. And now you got the guy that's fighting them and then associated with your brand. It's not a matter of just him going and winning in boxing. It's going and fighting against the guys that he's fighting. I mean, he can fight, you know, like we said, cans earlier. That's not going to help the PFL. I mean, it helps that he's undefeated. But then I think people would still be looking at him to want him to cross back over. Yep. It, cross back over. That's so funny to think. Cross back over to, to <laughs> MMA. Come back to MMA. Um, whereas now being a spokesperson for the brand. And then he's fighting the, the biggest names in one of the biggest, oldest sports that's been around, they're totally getting their money's worth if I they're agree. even getting money at all right now. I mean, who knows what they're getting? I mean, right now, if they're not paying for it, they're getting a hell of a lot of free advertising with the possibility of something, you know, and then when he starts actually doing, I mean, who knows what that the, the PFL Africa job really even entails. If it's a matter of being a spokesperson, being there for to, to come to the table when they need them at certain moments. I mean, granted, when it comes to the, the big business side on the back end, that's not going to be him doing it anyways. No, it's going to be the PFL not. people working with the other people's PFL. But when you need to, to have meetings with and, and face value, then you bring him in. Then you waste his time to, to do those sort of things. But yeah, I mean, 100% PFL's getting what they're needing for. Uh, or they're, they're getting good benefit for what they paid out already. I mean, as far as we know, we don't know what they paid into. But even if they gave him a million dollars just to sign the dotted line and say, bro, we know you're going to fight at some point here. Just take this million. They've already got that back in yep. value of advertising already yes, easily 100%. just for, the, for having his name attached. So you're right. Um, would I like to see him fight in the PFL? Sure. Do I want to see him fight MMA? Sure. But do I get just as much joy watching him to go out and fight some of these names in boxing? I think I actually get more watching him go out and compete well against guys like Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, I thought that was fantastic. I mean, waiting for, you know, not talking about just the production value, but just the anticipation for that fight, what was going to come from it, my what, my emotions and feelings that whole night, going up and down, watching it as much more than I ever experienced 
him in any UFC fight, regardless. None I of agree. them. Even when he got the, the the belt and all the other things, like those were great and those were very high, exciting moments. But what I felt watching him box Tyson Fury just eclipsed it all. And that yep. might be silly coming from an MMA guy, but that's what those fights did, you know. So um I enjoy watching a boxing. I have no problem if he stays in the boxing world and never comes back to MMA. I, I really, I, I would be sad because I would miss watching him fight in MMA. But honestly, I'm enjoying what he's doing in boxing. He loves it. It's it's what he dreamed of when he was a young man. Um, and he's doing it at such a high level. And it's finally one of ours is putting it to boxing. <laughs> We're finally I, on the winning side. Or, or, or at least closer. You know? No, I agree. I agree. And I just, I don't know, it just... It just dawned on me that, like, you know, the, the the PFL is really not in a bad spot here. I mean, if he doesn't fight, I don't think that that hurts them, to be honest with you. As long as he's having success in the boxing ranks uh, and he still does the, you know, head, heads up, as you said, the PFL Africa, um, I, I just think it brings them good PR and they never have to write that big check for the big purse. Um, now, yep. you know, maybe it hurts their pay-per-view options, but again, you know, I, I don't know what the opponent would be that would jump out to me where I'd be like, I, look, I, pro, to be honest with you, a Deontay Wilder MMA fight would probably get me to want to pay my money to see that because, like, that's yeah. but crazy. All, but remember what they even said too. Like, they're willing to go have these and just break even. Yep. For these events, so I mean, if you're looking like, it, yes, it's great that uh, you know they're they're finally going to get these big things. But if they're at their point where they're putting out so much that it's just a break even, again, that's just another PR move. You know, at that point, you know, he's going to get a big bag. His opponent's going to get a big bag. Hopefully other guys on the card get a big bag. But at the most part, it's not like they're going to put that event together and be like, hey, guys, now we're fiscally sound for this year. Because in their eyes, they're willing to go like to the point of where sure. they're just breaking even. It's almost yes, the event happens. And on the books, they're like, well, it's kind of a wash. But in terms of what the trickle down effect, the after effect, you know, watching them still fighting that and having people look at the PFL and be like, oh, OK, yep. I need to pay attention to this organization. They're willing to go that far. And uh, that's cool. That's cool. But again, yeah, that's not that's not an event that they're going to put on uh, just for that particular event to make the money that's going to keep the company going. Um, it does. But it's the trickle down. It's the it's the after effect of, of having that event, because on the per event basis that money's all going to go to the fighters and then yep. you know just the cost of of doing it and we've seen in the past you know like when we used to talk about like ufc numbers it used to be like the actual gate was what you know paid the the third party company that goes in there and sets up the octagon that runs all that that pays the camera guys that pays for the event it's the it's the gate stuff that does that pays for that particular event and a lot of times that money from that that's paying the purses and then the the pay-per-view money and all that other stuff that sort of pads just the operational value of the ufc throughout the rest of the of the weeks and the other sort of stuff so it, it's kind of uh i don't know it's interesting it's interesting um but yeah i mean I, I, I love Francis boxing. I am so happy that he's doing such a high level. And the PFL's got to be happy. I mean, the only thing that they could be maybe upset that they where they'd have to wait is if, if they're currently paying him without fighting. Yeah. If they're not paying for anything, then I would be happy that they're sit. I'm sure they're happy sitting back. Um, And especially as he keeps going out there. And he's not doing anything stupid. He's not going out there and getting in trouble. He's not going out there causing a bad name. He's yeah. not, you know. Great point. Fathering a bunch of kids and then not taking ownership you know i mean like he's doing all the right things he's being a a spokesperson for his country he's happy he's taking care of, of his coaches and his team he's doing all the right things so right now the pfl has to be so happy 
and not in any rush. It'd be one thing if he was sitting idle, but the man's not saying idle. He's, he's nope. putting on the biggest events of the year. So it's fantastic. I, the PFL's got to be happy right now. They got to uh, be happy. All right. Now, here's one that I'm that I'm wondering. And again, it's early on in the relationship. And Pete Murray is a, a very good uh, businessman. And so obviously he's super happy. But I do wonder how happy he is about Chris Cyborg right now. And I wonder kind of where your temperature is on that because Chris Cyborg has been the most vocal in saying that, you know, she's a little bit frustrated, or at least her social media account is. I should put that caveat out there. <laughs> so her boyfriend or husband? Yes, know, yes. It, it might be Ray LB if we're being honest. But uh, listen, um, I, I don't know. I'm kind of curious where you stand on this because, so obviously, and I've said this for years, man, Cyborg versus Kayla Harrison is a fight that I want to see. And it really is a fight yeah. that I've wanted to see for years. And I continue to maintain that I do want to see it. But I'm kind of in this weird spot where, like, you know, the PFL has been so much about, like, hey, man, we take the politics out of things. You know, we create seasons, and if you win that season, you advance, you know, to this, and, and, and you go here, and you do that. That I I feel like, to be honest with you, and, and, and I may be alone in this, and maybe I'm thinking weird in this one, but I kind of want to see Cyborg versus Larissa Pacheco first because that's the champ versus champ. And if we're doing champ versus yeah. champ, then I think you do champ versus champ, and then and and I guess and again, that's uh I guess that's risking because if Pacheco, I mean listen, if Pacheco pulls off the upset, there's no reason you couldn't still do Cyborg and Kayla. I mean, you could still do it, but I mean it sure probably yeah. would take a lot of the the shine off of it. But I mean Pacheco already yep. beat Kayla, so maybe some of the shines off it already. But I don't know, man. I just as much as I do still want to see Cyborg and Kayla. I think I honestly want to see Cyborg and Pacheco first, and Cyborg does not seem to be mentioning that name at all. It's a it's a tougher. I think it's a, it's a less reward. Um, I think Cyborg realized that. I, I and it's funny. I think Pacheco beat Cyborg. Wow. Um, I mean, and I'll call it right now, and I'll, I'll pick it even when it gets closer. I think Pacheco's the toughest, baddest motherfucker right now over there. In wow. The um, That's true. I, I, I would the run she's on. But, I mean, like, the money, when I'm sure the money, if it comes down to, especially if they're, if they're doing some splitsies or whatever over there, the money and the 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 people are going to be behind that Harrison just because Kayla, people love Kayla Harrison, you know, yep. whether she lost Pacheco or not. I mean, like people just love her and I'm, and she talks, the, the shit talking would be fantastic. They could bring up history and how they've been talking about this forever. I think that's a winnable fight for Cyborg, but I think also too, Harrison can definitely win that fight as well. You know, like Cyborg's going to want to keep it standing once and she's got that power, but I mean, you know, Kayla, just she gets a hold of cyborg and get cyborg down i think harrison's gonna win i mean i you yeah that's just the way it's gonna be pacheco unfortunately is good on the ground and is strong and we saw was able to kind of get that win from harrison and harrison doesn't want that heat right now i mean i think she wants to get the big money i mean she's always been about going out there putting on a good show but getting the big pay to support her family she's doing it for financial yeah i don't think she wants to you know She's not like, hey, it's not like when she was trying to get to the Olympics and, and represent a country and then, like, you know, do this, this, this. She's not making paydays right now. And I think the cyborg fight would be a better payday. Pacheco's a tougher fight, I think, um, than a cyborg fight for her. And, uh, I mean, but in terms of putting the the top names, like you said, you know, if it's supposed to be on merit, it should be cyborg and Pacheco. And I mean, yep. like... 
that's legit. You know, that's a legit fight. But I can see where Cyborg don't want Cyborg doesn't want that heat, man. Uh, she really doesn't. I think Pacheco is just firing on another on another level right now. Um, again, I, I would I right now, and I have no reason to not pick her against anybody that the PFL lines up against right now. I, wow. I'm confident that if, if she hops in the tournament again, she's going to win it again. Um, I I just think she's that good right now. 100%. Well, she's and, and, and but she's just a different athlete, man. She's the confidence she level is. is so high right now. The the physicality Fighting that she brings good, as better. She's as good as she's ever had. I mean, like she had glimpses. We knew that she had the potential to be great. And right now she's fighting great. She's she's on that level right now. I, mean, I love it, man. I'm, I'm, something or some injury or something that changes the thing. Um, Pacheco all day long, man. It's funny, I man. I just wish uh, if she spoke English, like I think she maybe has bits or whatever in there. Look, that, she's uh, trying a little bit. She said, she's, she's trying. Um, people would understand how good that she is. And I, I, you could see that she has a good personality. We just don't get to see it as well as like the Brazilians. Cause I know the Brazilians have a lot of respect for her because they get it. They get to, t they get to see the personality where us off to the side are like, uh, can you translate, but make it sound like her, you know, or like give me the real inflections, you yeah, know, yeah, the yeah. real joke part, which is, it's cool when Fabiano translates stuff. Cause then you kind of get more of the gist when they do really, really good when he gets a really good translation. But um, Pacheco's a star, man. She's just, it just I, it's just the language barrier that stops her from being a superstar, you know, because well, talent-wise, she's fantastic. She's I'm, definitely one of the baddest motherfuckers out there right now, hands I'm, down. I'm glad to know I'm not on an island on that one. And because, listen, man, I am, a, I am a Kayla Harrison fan. I am a Chris Cyborg fan. And I guess yep, I'd say yep. I'm a Larissa Pacheco fan, too. So it's not like anybody in this equation is like, well, I don't think she's deserving or I don't really like the way she fights. or I, Like, I really do like all three of these women as, as athletes, as people. You know what I mean? We've we've covered their careers. All three of their careers, we've covered them extensively. Um, and we've enjoyed their fights. We've enjoyed their interviews. We've enjoyed their accomplishments. So it's not one of those situations. Because, you know, you get into a lot of situations like, for instance – you know, you look at like the uh, the John Jones, Tom Aspinall, Steve Miocic uh, scenario right now, where, where we're kind of having a similar scenario where it's like, well, I think this fight should happen. Well, I think this fight should happen. But in in that scenario, and I'm I'm actually not this way, but I think a lot of people in that scenario don't like at least one of the three guys in there. You know what I mean? And because they don't like that guy or they don't respect that guy, it it, it like tinges how the way they look at things and i just want to make it clear like all, all three of these women are deserving man all three of these uh athletes are incredible but i want to see champ versus champ keep the politics out keep the format of what you say you want to do and make champ versus champ happen first and, and and uh i don't know i don't i don't seem to be hearing that from cyborg pfl seems to be leaving their options open i get it you know they're thinking pay-per-view they're thinking what sells better but if I had a vote in the equation, I say stick to the format, do champ versus champ, and let's see Cyborg versus Pacheco. So a uh, lot of lot of announcements coming forward from the PFL and Bellator. We should see those all coming forward in the next week or two, man, because they've got to get geared up for their season launch. Um, he did reveal the Challenger Series is on hiatus, so you won't have the Challenger Series, uh, but obviously they're still going to have a ton of events going on. So uh, Challenger Series will be back at some point. Um, all right, meantime, you're in Las Vegas, USC Fight Night 234. Uh, you covered the media day yesterday while I was traveling. I did go back and, and watch the coverage. So if you go check the uh, MMA Junkie YouTube stats and you see a, a, at least one view from Belgium, that was me because I was <laughs> I, I went back and I went back and watched I everything. That. Yeah, no problem. That. So 
Yeah, so if you wonder, is the audience growing in Belgium? Like, no, that was just me. <laughs> that was just me. Um, I don't know. So I, wa- I watched the media day. You know, listen, um, the main event, I mean, I like Johnny Walker a lot. Obviously, I think Magomed and Goliath is, is due for another title shot here very soon. Um, it's a rematch, of course. But I think it's one of those ones where, and look, maybe this is the same kind of argument that people are having against Leon Edwards and Bilal Muhammad. That was a long time ago. They've had a lot of fights since then. It's a fight that was a no contest, um, but a fight that, um, I don't know, man. I, I, I felt like we kind of saw how it was going or whatever, and, and I, I favor, I, and I mean this is no disrespect to Johnny Walker because he is fun, and, you know, you think about that flying knee he threw in the first matchup. Had that landed, we could be talking about an entirely different fight. I mean, this dude is capable of spectacular, fun stuff, but I just feel like Ankle Live is really that cut above. Um, both guys, you know, Kind of made it clear it's not it's not personal it's just a it's just a fight um, but I don't know what you take out of the media day and um, is there any reason to like you know to to think that Johnny Walker is pl- I mean look it's MMA anything can happen but did you did you feel yeah. anything did you sense anything or do you feel like we're kind of setting up to see a continuation of what we saw when they first met? It's probably going to be ultimately I feel it's probably going to be a continuation of what we first saw. Hopefully we won't see one fighter opting to kind of get out of the fight, which is kind of what it felt like Johnny was trying to do. And even when I was asking Magomed yesterday, I was like, kind of how frustrated were you? And did you sort of feel like he didn't want to be in there? And he's like, yeah, he didn't want to be in there because there were moments in the the fight where his clarity was fine. He was like, he was there. He's like, I don't, I don't understand how it sort of ended the way it did. And then you had that weird moment at the very end where they started kind of going back at it. Like, I was like, come on, guys, the fight's over. Yeah, that was weird. weird and awkward. That was weird. Um, I think both of them do understand the 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 potential that if one of them goes out there and makes a really great show, and maybe there's a possibility of them really sort of maybe not leapfrogging up to the title shot, but I think they both realize this is a like pretty much a number one contender fight. You know, Johnny, I think he said he was heard as much or promised that, or maybe it was Magomed that said that, you know, with the win – um, that it could do that sort of thing. Like it would put them next in line, but both of them want to go out there and get a finish. And I asked Magomed, I was like, is a win enough? Or do you, do you really want to go out there and finish? And he's like, I want to adamantly go out there. Granny didn't, I'm paraphrasing. I mean, he want, I want to adamantly go out there and finish this. He's like, you know, I want to show what I was trying to do with the last fight, you know, in this fight. And I understand, you know, and that's what it's going to take to, to, to leapfrog or get up in the top. So, um, Magomed's just a beast. I think the only part where he sort of gets in his way is if he tries to get caught up in like these striking moments where he's like, all right, let's just let's just make it a striking only fight. Let's just let's just do this. Because I mean, if it if his striking's on point that day, sure, it's gonna be good. But I mean he needs to he needs to be fully rounded and uh, decide that he wants to use all of his weapons. He wants to fight, he wants to get it to the cage. You need to be able to kind of manhandle Johnny and hold him. Don't let him get the distance because if Johnny's able, if he if he, if he allows Walker to kind of get into his groove and start doing all that wacky shit, the flying, jumping shit, spinning, you know, weapons, then it's gonna be there's a, then you're letting Johnny get have his moment, you know, and we've seen in the past where he's looked fantastic doing that sort of thing. I think Magomed just needs to take that weapon away, and if he does, he's gonna look pretty dominant. And I'm I'm anticipating that it's going to be a dominant sort of fight, but I think it has moments where it could be fun. I am, I did pick Uncle Live to win this one, um, but you never know. I mean, it'd be stupid for us to just say Walker doesn't have a chance. Like, no, of course he, got he a can chance. catch anybody, man. You know? That guy's he, he's yeah. powerful, he's athletic, he's big. But, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. It's Like I said, I mean, he threw that huge flying knee, had that flying knee landed in the first fight. Maybe we're talking about a different fight, but I, I think you're I think you're 100% right. I mean, if – if Ankalaev does what he's capable of doing, I think he, he could have a pretty dominant victory. And 
yeah, get himself to a title shot. So I, I think when when there's scrambles, I mean, I think that's pretty obvious, right? That's any Johnny Walker fight. Anytime there's scrambles, anytime there's crazy stuff going on, he has a chance to do something impressive. You know what I mean? So it's just a matter yeah. of whether he can find that moment or not. Uh, Mateus Nicolau and, and Manel Kopp, uh I mean, looking forward to this one. I, that's look, good. I, I think it's a good fight. It's I, a rematch, I was, but I mean, it's a rematch. But yeah, I mean, like this is like what you, I think you said before. You know, of like those match where time has passed, yes. like legit time has passed yes. between this one. So we are going to see two very, very, well, maybe not very, very different fighters, but we're going to see more experienced guys. And I think Cop thinks he's a completely different fighter than when they first met. He feels wronged in that first one, so he's going to go in there with a bit of the chip of his shoulder. And Cop has just been different lately. I mean, yep. like from getting in shit on the, the like a presser dais where you know he's like not going to take shit from a guy if, he, if you're like I forget how he phrases like but uh, you know if I hear stuff and if you're saying some stuff I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about it I'm gonna call you on it you know so I like dude he's, I like him man I know, know he's look I know he's, he's a, a whole different beast right now <laughs> I know he has said some inappropriate stuff on the mic and and look I'll chalk that yeah I will chalk that up yeah. maybe to you know language barrier and not realizing you know like. Uh, I will say words in Spanish that I wouldn't say in in English. That's for sure. You know what I mean, and and, and kind of vice versa for my wife or whatever. But um, you know, I, I, he said some inappropriate, but but I like the guy, and I did think he was actually um, he wasn't. I mean, obviously this wasn't a press conference situation; it was a media day situation. But he was more reasonable. I didn't think he was like too over the yep. top or whatever. But I I, no, I like the guy. I like the guy. Yeah. And, and I mean, you can't you can't hate on Nikolai as well. I mean, like no. both of them are nice guys. I mean, like I mean, if yeah, I, we, granted, Nikolai hasn't like had moments on the stage where he has to backtrack and apologize for stuff. I right? Mean, it seems like a better, more clean cut. You know, keep it to you know to the cuff sort of deal. But uh, yeah, I mean, I this is going to be a fun fight. I actually. I think I went with Cop on this one. I think most people on the junkie staff, but I actually was initially thinking Nicolau, but I think just Cop's on a different level right now. I think he's just so fired up Feels that he's like not going to allow himself to, uh, you know, get it to the point with the decision doubt. Um, so I did lean towards him, but I would be lying if I didn't initially pick Nicolau in my head until I changed it. I get it, man. Uh, Jim Miller versus Gabriel Benitez. Uh <sighs> This yeah. is such an interesting one. This Jim is such Miller. an interesting one, right? Yeah. Jim Miller's <laughs> yeah. a legend, man. He really is. I, look, we've, we've said it before, but I'll just say it again for anybody that hasn't heard it. I believe he absolutely belongs in the USC Hall of Fame. I believe longevity of 100%. that order is something to be rewarded. And I get it. You know, I've heard the cases. I think Daniel Cormier made the case against it, you know, that longevity isn't enough. I, I tend to disagree, especially when you consider that this is not the type of uh, – like longevity in the UFC – is not just because you chose to keep doing it. You know what I mean? Like, you have to keep earning your spot yeah. every year. It's not like, oh, well, he competed for 20 – I mean, I don't even know what the what the equivalent would be. Like, oh, he competed for 25 years on the PGA Tour. I mean, even on the PGA Tour, you have to, like, earn it. But, like, I think, like, once you win a tournament, like, you're good for 10 years or something like that. Like, you get, like, a 10-year exemption. You don't get that in the UFC. You don't get a 10-year exemption. You know what I mean? Like, two fights and they can get rid of you. And I think when you're able to maintain that type of longevity, it shows – you know what type of fighter you are, and so I, I'm on board the Jim Miller train, man. I, I believe he deserves to be uh, a Hall of Famer. Now, it's interesting because uh, you know we know he wants to be on 300, and, and I heard what he said. You know, and it, it is true, I guess, right? Everybody's like, "Oh, you're you're afraid." You know, we're afraid he might get hurt here and not be able to compete at 300. And he's like, "Bro, the last time I got hurt, I was picking up a wrapper off the floor and I tore my <laughs> knee." He's like, "So, you know what I mean? There's no guarantees." And I, and I thought that was funny, but yeah. I'll tell you the, the the best part about it, and again, this comes from that veteran savvy, man. And I think, I believe you guys 
clip this out for social. And uh, I didn't get a chance to see the clip, but I, I think uh, I saw a tweet that, that you guys clipped it out. But I loved his explanation, right? Where um, I think it was Alex Buchanan asked him about the, the about you know could he beat Brock Lesnar or whatever. And yeah, and I love, but but what I love was I love when he compared it to remember when Ronda said she could beat Cain Velasquez. And I remember because you and I were covering it then, and people trashed Ronda Rousey. But they took her they took her completely out of context. And Jim Miller put it back into context, which was like and, and I think you and I say this a lot, but it was just great to hear from a guy like Jim Miller. Like, bro, if you're getting in there, your mentality has to be that I can absolutely beat that person on the other side of the cage. And that was what Ronda yeah. Rousey was saying back in the day. And that's what he's saying now. You know what I mean? And I just think that's such a reminder to people. Like, bro, listen. This is not what normal people do for a living. And when you go in there against King Kong or Godzilla or whoever it may be, you can't have a sliver of doubt in your mind that you are capable of beating that person. And uh, I don't know. I just I thought that was a beautiful moment from Jim Miller because I thought he explained it eloquently. And I love the fact yeah. that he went back to that, you know, Ronda Rousey quote because I think of people now and especially if people now look back at it they'll just trash her and they'll say whatever but like you got to put it back into context that was one of the things that made Ronda so great at what she was was that killer mindset where like I am so now it can be dangerous because we saw like once Ronda lost you know she never recovered I don't think from having that killer mindset you know what I mean you got to be able to shake it if you ever lose but dude that mentality is what separates people sometimes and I thought it was cool to hear from Jim Miller and the way he broke it down, I mean, it was perfect. He's like, I, he's like, one, I don't want that guy on top of me. He, but he's like, if I can get him a Kimura, he's like, I could deadlift 500 pounds. Can I, you know, can he have the strength to, to pull that guy's arm to where it needs to be to make him submit? Of course he can. Right. You know, but he laid out the scenario. But one, I mean, that also that goes back to uh, Jim's been around forever. He's remembering stuff, pulling stuff up that I, you know, until he brought it up, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yep. Because it was so long ago. So much shit happened. So the fact that he... uh remembers that sort of stuff i mean the guy's got a great mind for the sport he loves the sport i mean he's all about it um but he's he's got all the he's just he's an all-american sort of dude i love he his is. pastimes i love his fishing hunting i love also again i'm not hunting but i love i i like to eat meat so i know I think, somebody's got to do the hunting i, I think he, uh, he, br he brews his own beers right i mean yeah he breaks some beer i like he dude he's the dude and it's funny like i was like man your hair looks good he's like yeah it's bedhead i was like bro you even all right bedhead well i was like <laughs> that's just he's like yeah i gotta go on a media day i'm gonna have people in front of me he's like do i need to ready he's like no i'll just put my flannel on or whatever i'm gonna go in there and i'm look good like in my great bedhead but such a great uh personality and regardless i get dc's points um i'm on the side of like uh i just love jim miller i love that what he's been able to do around if he can get on 300 i mean just the the fact of the the longevity but also just the mile marks that he's been to be able to be on um get the man in the hall of fame at some point. I, I mean, there's not many that I would just say, Hey, this guy's been around long enough. I want him to be in it. Like Jim Miller's earned it. Uh, he's earned it. Um, you know, another guy that I love that's been around forever is Matt Brown, you know, but Matt, you know, has Matt had the same sort of things to get him in the hall of fame. I don't know. I just don't know I, as much. If it came to came down to somebody that I respect and love as a fighter. Yeah. Matt Brown would be in there all day long, Absolutely. but Matt and Jim are kind of in a slightly different, uh, just slightly different scenario, but maybe, maybe not, but I don't know. Maybe it's my affinity for the old vets, you know, that we've had 
around forever that are still doing it. You know, there's only a couple of them left, you know, so um, we definitely have some love for Jim Miller. And I would love to see him in the Hall of Fame someday. But I think he's saying the right things. It's funny. We're, you know, years ago joking about UFC 300 and by golly, it's right around now the we're corner. Here. Now we're here. It's right around the corner. It's so, it's so crazy. It's so crazy so, to see it. I love it. I, I got it. Win or lose, they got to get him on that card. So uh, hopefully he comes out okay. Look, uh, you know, I, I think because the main event, it's not that it's not a good main event and not that it's not an important main event. It's number three versus number seven, you know what I mean? But because of what happened the first time around, I think maybe this card – is, is maybe not getting the love it should. And plus, we got pay-per-views coming up. I know everybody's you know talking about the booking yeah. of USC 299, talking about the booking of USC 300, uh, you know, 298, 297. There's a lot of stuff coming up, so I get it. But this card is sneaky good, man. Ricky Simone, Mario yep. Batista, Phil Halls, Bruno Fajera, Andre Alosky. I mean, you know. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, I'm waiting for it. Come on, dude. You know it. I'm cheering for Andre Alosky. I know he's up against it with a, a, a Waldo Cortez Acosta, but you know I'm going to be – Openly cheering here in Belgium for Andre Olaski. I'm an Andre Olaski homer. Uh, Matthew Simmelsberger versus Preston Parson. Marcus McGee against Gaston yeah. Milanos could be fireworks. Fareed Poshrat versus Taylor Labrilis could be fireworks. That should be a good one. Yep, I yeah. think that's good. Weston Wilson, Chiqui Silva, Nicholas Mota, Tom Nolan could be crazy. That should be a good one. Yeah, and Joshua Van versus Felipe Bunes. So, um, look, and I, I think it's there's a good some, card. I think it's a good card. It's I think it's going to be exciting. I think it's, so it's a good way to ease back into the to the UFC grind, right? I know you enjoyed the time away. <laughs> And now we're ready to get back in the action. Boy, set going in there media day, setting shit up. I was like, I was, I felt like I, you know, what was a well-oiled machine from getting in there, setting up and breaking down. Like I was sitting there, I was like, what am I forgetting now? I was like, where's my monitor? What cable? What am I needing right That's now? Funny. Like I was rusty. Take a couple weeks off. I, I forget how to do this sort of stuff. So yeah, it was good to get in there. But yeah, I mean, this I think this is going to be a great card to get the year started. I mean, regardless, people like to shit on the Apex cards and the Apex events anyways. But I think this is going to be a good event, and I think it's a perfect way to get the year started because there's going to be, I think there's going to be some memorable fights in here for sure. For I sure. Too. I I am getting the European experience where uh we will be we will be off air and done by the time you guys are like starting the prelims. So I'm gonna be watching this thing till like four in the morning. Uh, of course, I will find a way to get a and a half episode uh, over at Patreon.com/slash The MMA Roadshow before I head to the airport and fly back to Las Vegas, uh, which I will I will not be doing the pay per view in Canada next week. I'll be home in Las Vegas so you and I can get together. But yeah, I am getting that joyful joyful european experience of the 4 a.m <laughs> content so uh yeah hopefully i'll sleep in get my work done at mma bushido 90 on the zone and then flip over and watch the ufc and then we'll uh then we'll recap it all at patreon.com slash the mma roadshow mm, 4 a.m belgian beers huh 4 a.m belgian beers on deck yeah i definitely need to plan ahead i definitely need to have a few in the refrigerator ready to go and uh and we'll stay up all night so i'm looking forward to that man but and you did mention patreon and i know you're gonna give those spiel. we love you guys i just want to make sure to give a shout out to zachary humphrey i did get your message zach's been uh pushing us to try to uh especially because i said i wanted to do some more video stuff pushing us to do some more video stuff this year and we are going to try to start to try to mess with that a little bit more this year um so we'll see what we can do uh, i know initially we talked about it i think we're going to roll it out to the 10 tier 10 dollar tiers that yep. no offense to everybody else we're going to try to we need to start giving these guys some other um benefits and stuff that uh we've been promising for a long time so we're going to try to do it it's just tough because usually 
you're in some remote location even right now we're taping it you can't even have video because the wi-fi is so bad so you know there's <sighs> definitely some some issues and some of the other times we're going to be together so we'll have to work something out maybe i could try to set something up sort of the times here and the stuff but um that all being said it's being spitballed um but zach i see you i hear you and we're going to work on something this year so we will we, we appreciate will out. we appreciate everybody that has supported us out of the kindness of their heart because they enjoy the roadshow met some roadshow listeners yeah. today here in belgium which was nice to hear man always always good to hear people that are listening to the show so anyway listen yeah. uh, i can't wait till the next time you're back here in vegas because uh, i want to uh, i think i told you about my neighbor who was like an old school mma like gym owner like somewhere and did some stuff he uh he gifted me some old posters speaking of like female fights and stuff uh some old invicta um posters and I'm wow. talking signed like Invicta like one or two like Amanda Nunes wow. like all these other ones like uh Rocky dude you're gonna shit yourself when I, see, I ordered awesome. frames to put them up there so yeah dude uh he was like man I saw your joy when we were talking about these posters and he's like it's just sitting over in the corner it might get ripped or whatever he's like I just want to pay it forward gift it forward and he was like I saw your joy I was like brother I love Invicta so that's yeah, awesome the next time I see you I got these three posters I have to show you uh, that you're gonna you're gonna flip out about. Dude, you know, I can't wait to check those out. The back, they will be in the backdrop of the the studio setup here. So, yeah, I'm so stoked. So that is awesome. Yeah. I thank can't you. Wait. And oddly enough, his name is Zach too. I think that's what made me think about it. Yeah. So Zachary Humphrey, thank you on Patreon. Zach, my neighbor, thank you for the uh, poster. <laughs> shout out to all the Zachs out there. You know what I mean? Just shout out Zach's, to all the Zachs. Everybody needs more Zachs in their lives. We appreciate you. <laughs> all right, listen. Uh, I'm gonna try to uh, stop talking now and rest up my voice for the next 48 hours so I can get through this broadcast and hopefully I'm finally close to be back I, I've been sick so long man I, I don't know what this stuff was yeah. I, so this I've been sick longer than I've ever been in my life man so uh apologize for everybody if my voice was annoying you and you're like Jesus dude what's wrong with you uh but you know we <laughs> soldier on yes I missed one out of 459 <laughs> but we have never missed one in 459 as a whole 459 consecutive weeks and just one without me so i had to soldier through it of course anyway appreciate, <laughs> appreciate everybody it. for the support you've, you've, you've missed none in 2024 that's right i'm 100 percent 100 percent 2024 bro i'm two for two two for two all right listen everybody uh yeah looking forward to getting back over to the and a half episodes uh so we'll resume those after a couple week hiatus with the usc events uh now it's time to go baby we're back on that grind i hope everybody enjoyed the three week off season uh now it's time to get back to it uh and we appreciate all of you that are along for the ride and of course thanks for listening